We are glad that our society has set aside a day to honor our mothers, and certainly that is in keeping with the Word of God also. I invite you to turn with me to Ephesians chapter 6. Keep your finger there as we consider our theme this morning, which is children should obey and honor their parents. Children should obey and honor their parents. As we look at this passage, the first thing that I would like you to notice is that children are addressed directly in our text as opposed to indirectly. In other words, it is talking to children, not about children. Talking to children, not about children. Notice verse 1. Children, obey your parents. If it were indirect, it would say children are to obey their parents. But rather, it is direct, saying, children, obey your parents. Here we see that children are an important participants in the Christian community. Children were important participants in worship. The children are being addressed. It is assumed that as this epistle is written that there are going to be children that are present. That there are going to be children that are going to be there to hear what is said. I am thankful this morning that we have a number of children in our worship service. And that is not unique to Mother's Day, but that is true of each of our worship services, that young children are present. And so I would say to you children that are here this morning that it is important that you see yourselves as participants in worship. Children, you are not mere observers today and other Sundays. This is not a time simply to be coloring or playing or to be distracted, but it's a time for you to worship too. For you to sing the hymns, to sing the choruses, to enter into the prayers, and to reflect upon what the Word of God has to say. You're not here just to observe, you're here to participate. You are to be worshiping too. Now I readily acknowledge and understand that some Sundays, probably a lot of what we say goes over your head, and there are other times in which you're sitting there and thinking, how does this apply to me? I get that. That's one of the challenges of having people in your congregation that are between the ages of 3 and 95. Uh, trying to address all the different age groups, all the different experience levels, all the different levels of knowledge that one has, people that know nothing of the Word of God, others that have been reading it through repeatedly for their entire life. Some messages are easier to understand than others. Some are more directly applicable to you than others. Well, this morning, if you're a child, this is for you. This is your day. 
This is for your benefit. So what is this text telling you to do? Answer, it is saying, children, you are to listen to your parents. You are to listen to your parents. Ephesians 6.1, children, and now these words, obey your parents. That word to obey is literally the word to listen to. To listen to. Carried with that idea of listening to, it means you submit to their discipline, you follow their instructions, you learn from them, and you seek to help them with the tasks that God has given you to do. You are to listen to what your mom and dad have to say, what they have to teach you, what they would have for you to do. And the command is a specific command. It's not just children are to obey people in authority, which they are, and it's not simply that children are to obey their elders, and they are, but it's a specific command as to children obeying their parents of primary concern. The most important people for you to listen to is your parents. They are to be the people that are giving you the primary instruction. That as you learn to live your life, as you adopt a certain lifestyle, as you adopt a Christian worldview, as you think about what it is that God would have you to do, the greatest source of counsel, of direction, of wisdom is to be your parents. They are to be the people that you look to first as you seek to live your lives. Next, how are we to obey or listen to our parents? Notice verse one says, children, obey your parents, and now this phrase, in the Lord. In the Lord. This teaches us the manner in which we are to obey our parents. We are to obey our parents in the Lord. Some have taken this phrase as a qualifying statement, meaning we are to obey our parents as long as what they are telling us to do is godly. As long as what they are saying is of the Lord. While that may be true to some degree, it's not really what this verse is primarily saying. For a parallel verse in Colossians chapter 3, verse 20 says, Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. So it's not really talking about a sphere of obedience, but rather it's talking about our Christian duty and a way that we have to fulfill that Christian duty. We are to be uh, obeying as though we were obeying the Lord, for it pleases him. So in our obedience, we are actually serving the Lord Jesus Christ. Even as in the next few verses it's talking about servants being obedient to their masters, not with eye service as unto men, but rather unto God. So too, we are to be obeying our parents as a way of obeying 
and serving God, for he is the one who has said to, told us to obey our parents. He's the one that told us to honor our parents, so as we do that, we serve and we honor God. That's important to realize. If you are here this morning and you're three or four or five or six or seven or eight or nine, and, and you're thinking about serving the Lord. I was 10 years old when I sat in a church service and we had a missionary speaker come to speak to us and he was encouraging us to dedicate our lives to serve the Lord Jesus Christ and to give him our all. I was 10 years old. I remember sitting there thinking that God wants me to be a preacher. And that became the focal point of my life from the time that I was 10 on. I believe that God wanted me to be a preacher. And so I thought about serving the Lord someday. Well, I'm here to tell you that you don't have to wait till you grow up to serve the Lord. You don't have to wait till you are older to be used of God. Right now, right at this moment, no matter what age you are, you can be actively serving the Lord. You can bring him honor and glory. And the very first way that you can serve the Lord is by listening to your parents and honoring them. In so doing, you are serving the Lord. And then, of course, there are other ways that you can serve. You can be praying, and you can be helpful, and you can be a participant in worship. We find in the scriptures that disobedience to parents is a sign of unbelief in the Lord. So obedience is to bring honor and glory to the Lord, and disobedience to parents is a sign of unbelief in the Lord. In Romans chapter 1, verse 28 and following, it says this, And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what they ought not to do. They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, malice, full of envy, murder, strife, deceitfulness, malicious, gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, and now this, disobedient to parents. Disobedient to parents. One of the many things in the list of those that are rebelling against God is that they are disobedient to parents. In the book of Timothy, it says that in the last days, perilous or difficult times will come. Why? For men will be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents. And then it goes on to say, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. One of the problems in our society, one of the problems in our culture is that Children are disobedient to their parents. That's part of the struggles. That's part of the troubles. That's part of the unrest. And that's even part of the 
the evil and the corruption in our society. So obedience is a way to serve the Lord. Obedience is a testimony to God's grace in one's life. Disobedience is a sign of unbelief. It's a sign of not loving God. Therefore, we find that in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1, when it says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, it's talking about with the Lord's help. With the Lord's help. If you have your Bibles open, look at Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Ephesians 6, 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. You see, in the Lord is referring to the strength and the power that the Lord gives. With his help, be strong. That is the way in which we are to understand verse 1 of chapter 6. Children, obey your parents and the Lord with his help, with his strength, with his enablement. It's not easy to always listen to your parents. It's not easy to always obey. For there are many times that we don't want to do what our parents tell us to do. There is an inner rebellion that goes on in our hearts. And that inner rebellion continues as we get older and is manifested towards all kinds of authority. It's not an easy thing. But how are you going to be obedient to your parents? How are you going to get to a place where you are willing to listen to them? You need the Lord's help. That's something that you need to pray about. As you go to bed, maybe it's your custom. Right before you, bed, right before you pray, maybe mom and dad pray with you. Maybe you sit by your bed and kneel by your bed and you pray. Well, one of the things that you can pray for is God's help, that he would help you to listen to mom and dad, that he would help you see that they have wisdom and understanding in ways that we don't, that you would pray that God would give you the discipline to listen to your parents and to say no to yourselves, and that you would pray, especially as you get older, that God would give you humility and listening to your parents. Those teenage years are rough because we all go through that stage in life when we think we know more than our parents do. And it's really difficult in this particular period of time in which we live in history. Because in a lot of ways, the young people know more than we do. A lot of us couldn't do our teenagers' homework. A lot of us are not up on computers the way our young people are. A lot of grandparents have their grandchildren work with a DVD player, and that's probably obsolete at this point, but uh, help them tune Comcast and, and everything else, right? And it's easy to think because I know more when it comes to computer than my parents that I know more about life. And nothing can be farther than the truth. There's a world of difference. Believe that your parents still have something to teach you. They still have something of value. They still have something of worth. They have life experiences that they have gone through and experienced. They have walked with God a long time. Pray for humility. 
that you would value your parents' input and you'd be willing to listen to them. Why are we to obey our parents? Well, notice verse 1. Children, obey your parents and the Lord. Here's the reason for this is right. It's right. It's appropriate. It's acceptable. It's what is good. It is right in that it is in keeping with the teaching of the Old Testament, as this is a quotation of Scripture. It is right in that it follows the example of our Lord Jesus Christ, who placed himself under the authority of his own parents. In Luke chapter 2, verse 51 and verse 52, an incredible portion of Scripture, it refers to Jesus as a, as a child. He had just been in the temple and asking the rabbis questions. They marveled at his understanding. After he left the temple, it says this, and he went down with them, that is his parents, and came to Nazareth and was submissive to them, and his mother treasured up all these things in his heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. Jesus submitted himself to his earthly parents. At the age of 12, he went home, and his life consisted of honoring his mother and father and doing what they would have him to do. The scripture is silent about the first 30 years of Jesus' life, except for the very beginning of his infancy, and then we get the snapshot of when he's 12, and then darkness. What is he doing at that time? The scripture says he's submitting himself to his parents, and he's growing in wisdom and favor with God and with man. He's learning. He's learning. He's learning the scriptures so that when he is 30 years old and he enters into this public ministry that he is ready. But do you realize that part of his preparation, part of God's ordained way for Jesus to grow and live a sinless life was to learn from Joseph and from Mary as they were godly examples and taught Jesus the word of God. If Jesus, who was sinless, could submit himself to parents who were godly but not sinless, how much more should we submit ourselves to our parents? The second commandment that we find in this passage is closely related to the first. For it tells us in verse 2 to honor your father and mother. We're to value, honor, prize our parents. Hold them in esteem. Look up to them. See their worth. This includes the idea of being obedient when we are young, respecting our parents when we leave home, and caring for our parents when they become elderly. Art Kent Hughes, in his commentary, writes the following, and I quote, To honor our parents means to love them, to regard them highly, to show them respect and consideration. While we may outgrow the call to obey our parents, we never outgrow the obligation to honor them. This is where our culture is fast failing. The aged are shelved and patronized, but not respected. Grown-up children dishonor their parents by forgetting them and neglecting them. 
One of the greatest ways that you can honor your parents is to continue to care for them. Continue to meet their needs. To continue to value them and their presence. Something that is really unique that you may not pick up on if you don't have a King James Bible, and that is the command to honor your father and uh, mother is a command to every single individual. If you look at the text, in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1, it says, obey your parents. The your, in verse 1, is in the plural. In verse 2, honor your father and mother, that your is in the singular. In other words, everyone in generality, is to obey their parents. And then it drives home in a singular way, you are to honor your father and your mother, individually. So every single person here this morning, not just in a generic way, not just in a general truth that's applicable, children are in general to obey their parents, But now we find out every single individual is to honor your father and your mother without exception. Now I know what is going through some people's mind. What if my father and mother are not worthy of honor? What if my father and mother were not particularly godly? What if my father and mother abused me? What if my father and mother were downright miserable people? You know, if we have godly parents, thank the Lord for that. What what a blessing that is. And I had very godly parents, so it's easy for me to say this, but Believe me, there's an element of this that isn't easy because I do have a measure of understanding that there are a lot of people that grow up in absolutely miserable homes. What about that situation? What if I don't think my mother and father really are worthy of honor? Answer we should always honor the role of a parent. We should always hold in high regard the position of a parent. We honor them for the God-given role that parenthood has. And we undermine society. We undermine character when we undermine parent. Hood. It's just as people deserve respect that are in places of authority. The scripture teaches us that governmental officials deserve our respect. So what happens if we think that there is a governmental official that isn't worthy of our respect? What happens when we think there's a person in office that doesn't act in an honorable way. What do we do when we come across a person 
who holds this position of authority and look at them and say, well, they're not an honorable individual. They may not be, but the office is an honorable one. And we must learn to honor the office. This God-given responsibility and role that is so precious. So we should always honor our parents as the position that God has established of authority in the home. It says in verse 2 that this is the first commandment with promise. What are we to understand that to mean? This is the first commandment with promise. Well, in the original, there's no definite article before the word first. It makes it an unusual translation, but it would have been helpful if they would have translated it that way. In other words, it says, honor your father and mother. This is a first commandment with promise. Thus, not the first command, but rather a first command. And I understand that to mean this. It is a primary command. It is a foundational command upon which all other commands are built. You see, the scripture teaches that we build precept upon precept, line upon line. We build our understanding of what goes before. And the scripture teaches us that a foundational understanding in life is that children are to obey their parents and children are to honor their parents. That's the first thing that we need to learn. In Leviticus chapter 19, you don't need to turn there, it says this. And the Lord spoke to Moses saying, speak to all the congregation of the people of Israel and say to them, you shall be holy for I the Lord your God am holy. Every one of you shall revere his mother and his father. I think that's very significant. Be ye holy, for I am holy. The very next thing, the foundational statement is, every one of you shall revere his mother and his father. In other words, this is where holiness starts. This is where sanctification begins. This is where honoring God takes off. Because God has told us to honor our parents. And in honoring our parents, we're to learn a greater truth. And that is, we are to honor God, who is our Heavenly Father. It is as we grow, and as we have a right relationship with our parents, that we can transfer that understanding over to our understanding of God. The scripture tells us that we need to have a childlike faith. Children that are brought up in a godly home, again, have so much to be thankful for. And children are carefree. Children don't worry about where the next meal's coming from. Why? Because mom and dad are going to provide. They don't worry about life because mom and dad are there to take care of it. Well, as we learn that We can trust mom and dad as we grow, 
We're to learn to trust our Heavenly Father who will take care of us. The scripture says, what father, if their children ask them a fish, is they going to give them a snake? If your earthly parents know how to do what is good for you, how much more shall your father in heaven? So in learning truths about our earthly parents, we grow in our understanding even of the heavenly father. So it is a primary foundational teaching in the scriptures, a first commandment. And there is a blessing associated with it in verse 2. This is a first commandment with promise. What is that promise? Verse 3. First, that it may go well with you. That it may go well with you. There is the blessing of living a life that is filled with wise choices. In Proverbs chapter 6, verse 20, it says this. My son... Keep your father's commandment and forsake not your mother's teaching. Bind them on your heart always. Tie them around your neck. When you walk, they will lead you. When you lie down, they will watch over you. When you wake, they will talk with you. For the commandment is a lamp and the teaching a light and the reproofs of discipline are the way of life. Don't forget your mother's instruction for it will guide you in life. My mother has been dead and gone a number of years now. But I can still hear her voice in my head. Many times of things that she has taught me and they still come back to my remembrance. I still make decisions today based on what she taught me when I was a young child. One of my mother's favorite statements used to be, Never complain and never explain. I've adopted that as a, a, a way of life. Never complain. Don't complain about what you're going through and don't explain why you're making the decisions you're, you're, you're making. Don't complain, don't explain. Just live life before God as he would have you to live it. Then it may go well with you that you don't live a life of regret later on because you have forsaken the way of God that was taught to you by your mother and your father. The second promise is that you may live long in the land. You may live long in the land. Ephesians 6.3 is actually a hybrid of two verses in the word of God. Exodus 20, verse 12 says this. Honor your father and your mother that, you may, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God has given you. Deuteronomy 5, 16 says, Honor your father and your mother as the Lord your God commanded you that your days may be long and they may go well with you in the land that the Lord God is giving you. In the Old Testament, God would discipline the disobedient children of Israel by removing them from the land. God said, if you don't walk in my ways, I'm going to send you into captivity. Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 25. When you father children and children's children and have grown old in the land, 
If you act corruptly by making a carved image in the form of anything, and by doing what is evil in the sight of the Lord your God, so as to provoke him to anger, I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that you will soon utterly perish from the land that you're going over to possess. You will not live long in it, but will be utterly destroyed. God said, you're going to be carried away into captivity if you don't obey your parents. What is interesting here is that this quotes that particular passage. So it means there is some application for us today. That application is that we can avoid God's discipline by learning to obey and honor our parents. We can avoid going through a lot of misery and heartache that comes at the hand of God in trying to bring us back if we willingly follow our godly parents early on. Honoring our parents will keep us from many of the things that displease and dishonor God. As a teenager, I was kept from some sinful things because of two reasons. One, because I had an insightful mother that would constantly say to me, now you're not going to do this, are you? And I would say, no, I wouldn't. I obligated myself not to do certain things. And I was really concerned with dishonoring my parents. I was really concerned about them being ashamed of me, of embarrassing them. Unfortunately, probably in those teenage years, I was more concerned about disappointing them than I was in disappointing God. I've matured. Now I am more concerned about disappointing God than I was my parents. But that's a maturation process. That's part of learning to honor your father as you honor your parents. It is healthy. It is healthy to love and to respect your parents so much so that it keeps you from certain behaviors that you know would disappoint them you know that would displease them. And so as parents, it's important for us to communicate. Yes, we love our children, but we'd be so disappointed if they did certain things. We'd be saddened by what they would bring into their lives. They need to understand that, for that is part of the purity that will come into the life of a child as they seek to honor and to glorify their parents. It's also a foundation for a godly society. Many of the troubles of our society begin with a lack of respect and appreciation for authority at home. If authority isn't learned at home, it's not going to be given at school. And if authority isn't learned at home, it's not going to be manifested in a society at large. Just this week, a book has appeared. Just this week. A book has appeared. It was written in the, the UK. And it says this, I quote, Given the universal importance of the home, it may come as a surprise that the first major work to take the home as a center of analysis for global social problems has now only been published. The home 
This is the title of the book, The Home, Multidisciplinary Reflections, was published last month in the United Kingdom by Edward Elgar as a project of the London-based Home Renaissance. It is a study of how the home affects global social problems. The problems of this world, gone back to looking at the foundation of the home. A primary command, a first command, that it may go well with you, that you may be long in the land, that you might experience God's blessing upon you through your obedience. As I said, 2 Timothy talks about all the trials and troubles that come in the last days because of children being disobedient to parents. So in conclusion, children, you are to obey your parents. Children, you are to honor your parents. Today is set aside to honor your mother. Let us worship and serve God today through the honoring of our mother and dad. And in turn you will honor and glorify your heavenly Father. You want to please God today? Honor your mom and dad. And today, especially, honor your mom. And in so doing, you honor your God. Let's pray. Our Father, help us today to seek to honor and glorify our mom and our dad, and especially our mothers. Thank you, Lord, if we have the tremendous blessing and privilege of having a godly mother. Oh, Lord, help us to rejoice and give thanks. And even as Proverbs 31 talks about the children rising up and calling them blessed. Oh, Lord, help us to spend time today recounting to our godly mothers how much we have learned from them, how much we have appreciated them, how much we have valued their, their sacrifice and their commitment. Oh, Lord, may they know that it has not been in vain in all the sacrifice they have made in order to pour their lives into their children. May we rise up and call them blessed. And, oh, Lord, my heart goes out this morning if there are those that are here this morning who can't honestly say that their mother's been a godly influence, that they have learned a great deal, that they have... Witness that, that sacrifice. Lord, if that's the case, I pray you'd bring healing. I pray that you would bring understanding from other points of view and from other places. I pray, oh God, that you would soothe the heartaches and the pains and the miseries that have resulted. But, oh Lord, I pray that they still can learn to honor parenthood. And to realize how important it is. And Lord, may they learn from a bad example of how important it is for them to be a good example. And Lord, may it not turn them off, but Lord, if there is someone here who is struggling with those thoughts, may it just move them and motivate them and commit themselves to being such a better parent than, than the one that they experienced. And may they seek to honor and glorify you as they seek to promote parenthood. And most importantly, oh God, help us to take these lessons and apply them to our own relationship with you, that we would honor 
and glorify you as our heavenly Father who is worthy of all praise. For you are not like our earthly fathers, but you are so superior to the most godly parent that we have ever experienced. Thank you, O God, for being such a wonderful heavenly Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.